Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Do you need Let's to stretch this. or anything? Oh, yeah, I do. I'm going to stretch. That was a good stretch. All right. Let's get this party started. Hey, everyone. Here we are. Episode six of the Our MO podcast. Music by at Jimmy Javier on Twitter our mo podcast on twitter for ourselves chad what is your twitter because i always get it wrong hey guys by the way uh mine is at the underscore chad cuomo uh if you don't know how to spell it you're gonna miss out on some really good tweets so just keep listening to last week's podcast he spells it or i spelled it too i am at the rabio i spelled it last week as well if you want to go back and listen to our old episodes but here we are we've returned and here we are week one has passed how excited were you that football was on all day sunday uh, it was amazing uh it's come and gone but man i was so happy to finally have football back in my life to chill all day sunday it was amazing i just got a brand new tv 75 inch and i didn't move yeah I, i'm pretty sure i didn't move red Zone channel is the best thing in the world and i didn't move for hours and Dude, hours so speaking of red zone this is my first time uh my first year i watched with red zone that's the only way to watch because it shows all the best parts of There's football. no commercials. No commercials. First of all, no breaks. And it just shows the best of everything that's happening, which almost is like double edged. Cause you don't know when, like I didn't know when to eat, when to get up to get yeah. food. I didn't know when to get up and go pee because football was just happening. Nonstop. Yeah. That was my problem. It was all the most exciting parts all day. I didn't go until Monday. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I never got up off the couch. Yeah, Not once, but I hope you, I hope you weren't too excited because they might flag you for excessive excitement in the NFL now. Yeah. But well, before we get into the NFL, UFC 203 also happened. It did. I watched. I'm just going to spit out my thoughts about it real quick. It was a weird event. It wasn't the best of events. Um, I was wrong about one of my calls. Uriah Faber, he didn't win. Yeah. You know, uh, Jimmy Rivera put a perfect little fight against him. Um, Faber was 19-0 and in three-round non-title fights going into this one. Wow. And now he's 19-1. and But... <laughs> I'm not sure where his career goes from here. It's his first back-to-back losses. You know, he's he's a veteran. He's gone through his journey. I'm not sure there's many more places for him to go. Yeah. That I mean, he's going to be a main event prelim guy or first fight of the night pay-per-view guy, and that's about it if he continues to fight. Um, co-main event was really weird. Uh, Fabrice Verdun versus Travis Brown, it got off to an amazing start. You saw the flying sidekick. I did. That was, that was really crazy. It's like at the beginning of the fight, how do you even defend against something like you, that? Cause you don't ex- expect it. You're not it. expecting that. No, it was like a street fighter. It's just, it was, bam, it was pretty him. fun to watch though. And then after that, the fight just kind of stalemated for me. Like I didn't find anything interesting in it. Uh, Travis Brown had a really nasty finger injury in the first round. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, he got punched in the hand, which is kind of a weird thing to happen, but it happened mm-hmm. and he tried to stop the fight because his finger hurt, which is you, MMA doesn't have timeouts. You, yeah. You don't do that. Um, it's the same thing. If he would have gotten kicked in the rib and tried to stop the fight because his rib broke, it's like, are you tapping out? Is that the end of the fight? You know, and the referee actually stopped it, which was right. unnecessary. Because, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what went through my mind as well. It's like, if you, if you're injured, you, you know, one injury doesn't outweigh another. It's like you either keep going or you quit. So yeah, he got punched while trying to stop the fight, which 
in all fairness, you can't stop the fight. So rightfully no. so, he got yeah. punched. But nothing really exciting happened in the fight. You know, Fabricio's former champion. I don't think he's already back in the mix for the title fight. It wasn't that impressive. He did win. You know, not to toot my own horn, but I got that right. You know, you did. Maybe um, it was a weird fight. Even the ending was weird. Fabricio got in a fight with Travis's corner. It was it was an odd thing. I was happy it was over. It was, <laughs> it was, enough was enough. Um, main event. It was. Just as I kind of predicted it, uh, Stipe Miocic and Alistair Overeem went out. Had a little bit of a back and forth early on. Alistair actually dropped Stipe quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to put him in a choke. Did not successfully do it. Stipe got him eventually. Knocked him out. It was over in the first round. Um, there was a very weird post-interview with Alistair where he tried to say that Stipe tapped and they went to the video, and there was no tap whatsoever. And he just kept saying, "Well, I felt it. Yeah, I felt it. It was there." But you know, I don't know if guys should be interviewed right after they got knocked out. I mean, probably not. Their you... brains mush at the time, <laughs> and it's not the best time. And obviously, while it wasn't the main event or co-main event, everything was about CM Punk this oh, yeah. weekend. And it was as disappointing as anyone would ever imagine. I'm not sure if I really hope wrestling fans weren't out there convinced that he was going to come out here and just like do it. But he did not do it. He didn't do a single thing. I think he landed maybe like two punches and they weren't standing. They were while he was on his back and he just kind of pawed at Mickey Gall. It was terrible. It was, I mean, much respect for him stepping in there. You know, it takes a lot to go through that. Not a lot of guys would ever step into that cage knowing that another man's going to punch them, kick them, submit them. But, you know, he, without any disrespect, he doesn't belong in there. No. He didn't belong in there, and he doesn't belong in there anytime soon at all. He says he's going to come back. He needs to go back to the amateurs. If this is what he wants to do at the age of 38 years old, then he needs he needs to do the proper training. You know, right. a, while 2-0 and 0-0 and isn't, like I said, wasn't a huge difference, it is when it comes to the fact that Mickey Gall's probably been training his in, you know, for years right. in jiu-jitsu and wrestling and boxing and Muay Thai, and he has all the skills where CM Punk has spent the last two years kind of just, I think he did enough to not die. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. And at the end of the day, if he goes back in there, I mean, how much more unexperienced of a guy do you want in there with him? He's, he's, it's just, he's just going to get hurt. Yeah. Because you definitely don't want a more experienced guy in there because he's going to get killed. Yeah. (laughs) And I did predict that win as well. Hashtag two, two, my own horn. There we go. Um, He got submitted in two minutes and 14 seconds. So nice. He did make half a milli though. So he must be happy about that. Hashtag worth it. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> All right, but on to the real topic. Football. Football. It's back. Fantasy football. And how great did it go for us this week? Oh, it was uh, not so good. Oh, hashtag not so great. Um, combined, we have five teams between of us, and we went 0-5. 0-5. Yeah. If you were asking how mediocre we are, that's how mediocre we are. 0 and 5 combined. Did we ever mention that we're not experts? (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? If you think about it, think of it this way, Chad. Think of the millions of people that play fantasy football out there. Half of them also lost this week. That's true. That is true. Even all those fantasy experts that you listen to, they probably lost in some of it. The ones that play in like 8, 7, 9, 10 leagues. Dude, I've listened to some fantasy experts that that play in 20 leagues. I don't even know how you keep up with that. I can barely keep up with the three, and we share one, and we got killed in all of them. I lost one by 1.08, which that was frustrating. I think that's that's the worst part is when you when you think you're gonna win or when you think you should like you should have won, but somehow you just lose by that one point. I went into the Monday night games in two of my leagues. 
up by more than 20 points. And I still lost. One of them by 1.08 and the other one by like another 20 points. So there was a 40-point turnaround. Ridiculous. I'm over it. Moving on to week two. Got to hit the waivers. Maybe. I don't know. Week one isn't exactly when to panic, though. No, it's definitely not. Because that's where you get to see what guys, what you have in certain guys. You know, a lot of these players, yeah, they played in preseason, but you're talking about starters here, so they played very little. They're still knocking off some rust. They're still getting used to some schemes. They'll have better ways to plan for it next week by looking at film and stuff. So don't panic. If you have somebody, you know, that you picked up in round one or round two that underperformed, you know, stick with them or at least put them on your bench. Don't go trading the farm away, you know. It's it's not the time to panic. You offered me a trade today, though. I did offer you a trade, and this is going back to you. Remember when we talked about uh, guys that burned you? Yeah. So I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I had Des Bryant in one of our leagues, and uh, he really burned me last year. I had him on my bench like all year, and waiting for him. If to you're come a Des back. Bryant owner, you know he burned you in week one this week. Yeah. With his point eight. Yeah, he had one reception for eight yards. So I I did make uh, Robert a trade offer. I offered him. Uh, Des Bryant and Amir Abdullah for Melvin Gordon and Kelvin Benjamin. Mind you, this is an eight-team league, so our teams are heavy. Yeah, very stacked. As they are, so I accepted. Yeah. So, I mean, Which is interesting because we also face each other this week. So those players could be our own doom. Right, yeah. It'd Des Bryant could come back and beat me. We'll keep you updated on He'll, who wins that matchup. Des, Des Bryant may live on in my nightmares forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll definitely burn you this week <laughs> if he's the reason I beat you. Um, any guys you found promising? Let's, you know, Des Bryant was disappointing, um, but I did. Speaking of uh, Amir Abdullah, you know, he was he was on my bench in pretty much I think all three of my leagues, and uh, he performed really well, like how most people expected him to last year. I mean, it's obvious in Detroit they're going to use all three of their backs. Yeah, that was the only part that was frustrating. All three running backs scored, yeah, and put up decent some points. But so, it, it looks like he's going to be the bell cow there, you know, and, and when he's hot, they're going to give him the ball. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to. Melvin Gordon as well. Who? Yeah, I was I was happy. Same thing. I had him on my bench. I, I wanted to see what he had before starting him. Um, but, yeah, he went out there, 17 points in one of the leagues. I had him, two touchdowns. The only thing that worries me about Gordon, well, will worry you now, is he, he, he didn't get a lot of touches. He actually got the same amount of touches as Danny Woodhead. Right. Yeah, they both actually ended up, I think, with the same amount of standard points in fantasy as well. So, I mean, it's hard to know because, I mean, and and I'll cry about the Chargers in a minute. But, you know, in that game, both guys were very productive. Yeah. You know, while not a ton of yardage, I mean, Melvin Gordon getting the goal line is great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they did use Danny Woodhead in a red zone scenario, and he got the pass touchdown. Yeah. So. And I mean, that's it'll probably be a pretty even split. Yeah. But it's nice to see Gordon finally get a touchdown. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll say just to rattle off a couple more Aaron, Aaron Foster, uh, he looked pretty good. You know, he played that stout run deep or the total defense of Seattle and he looked really good. And that was a low scoring game like we kind of thought it would be. Yeah. But. And then a couple others. I mean, CJ Anderson, if you ever had any doubts about him, how he would play, I mean, he looked amazing. And so. he's definitely the guy yeah. again now. Um, you know, Foster did play well, but most of it was pass yardage. It was. So, you know, still kind of – and JJI is supposed to be back this week. But Foster was out there for about 80-something percent of those plays. So yeah. So he should still be productive in some kind of way. 
So besides our amazing fantasy football games, we did have a couple victories, or Chad did at least. Uh, we decided to go and do a little pickums. Yeah. Full schedule. We did it on the podcast with five of the games, but we decided to go head to head and do pickums for the entire week one schedule. How'd you do? Uh, I actually did pretty well. Uh, we did a straight up pick them and then we picked against the spread. So, I mean, in the straight up, I did well. I, I picked 11 out of 16, right? Which is not too bad. And then against the spread, I picked 8 out of 16. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take that one. How'd you end up doing? I went six for six. <laughs> not oh, six no. for six, sorry. I went six and six. Six in the straight up, six in the spread. Yeah, six for six would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty good. Uh, I just got caught off guard with, you know, I got completely caught off guard with a couple games, you know, Patriots winning, um, yeah, that one Oakland winning, me. sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders winning. <laughs> um, a couple of them threw me. I, I can't even remember. I know I picked against Indy and Detroit and I got way more wrong. I think I even picked Washington. I, just, I started going completely contrarian in yeah. a couple and I picked the Rams and oh boy, oh, was that man. wrong. Yeah. I mean, uh, the thing to look at though is it is week one though. So, these are completely different teams than you might have seen last year. I didn't know what to expect either. I got, I got lucky on some of them, but you hey, know, man. pat yourself on the back. I, on that. I will. Yeah. I sometimes I'm modest, you know. <laughs> but I mean, that's just the nature of the NFL. You know, you're just not gonna know what's gonna happen from season to season. Any given Sunday. It's true. That's or Thursday true. and Monday, and nowadays they'd have to rename a lot of movies. Now. <laughs> um, but going into Week One, there was some really good games. There were really good. I mean, games. I was gl- when I was saying I didn't move the entire Sunday. I wasn't kidding. Like I was just glued to my TV, and especially with the red zone, it was jumping from game to game to game. That was just yeah. they were close. I mean, there was what three or four games decided by one point. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Insane, absolutely insane. Talk about covering the spread. On- <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about the first. That was actually the first game of the week. Your Panthers Thursday night. How would you feel about it? Wait, did the, did the Panthers play last week? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay, <laughs> you yeah, erase so. it from your mind. <laughs> so the Panthers lost. Sad, sad moment. Uh, I thought overall it was a pretty good game, though. I think I have like, if you're a Panthers fan, you have to be pretty proud of the way we did play. I mean, that defense hasn't changed at all. It's still arguably the number one defense in the NFL, and we came out there and we looked pretty good against them. We made some mistakes for sure. There's definitely some things our defense has to work on, but if you're a Broncos fan, you have to be pretty happy as well because obviously that Gary QBX system, I mean, you can literally plug and play a QB, a QB in there and yeah. it's going to work. You can put me in there and it'll work. It's going to work. Yeah. As long as you don't make any stupid passes. Yeah, just don't be Mark Sanchez and you can do it. I mean, Trevor Simeon, he's, you know, he made a couple mistakes early on. He did have an interception, but he turned it around and it helped completely dominate the rest of the game for the Broncos. I mean, yeah. they controlled everything. And that defense took their stand and stopped the yeah. entire Panthers team. Something something interesting to look at, though, is because, of course, we haven't seen Trevor Simeon play at all, yeah. really. And I think what definitely took us by surprise is because we, we had him, we had stopped him a lot, but on third down, you would see Trevor Simeon run. I don't think anybody really expected him to run a no. lot, even though with Gary Kubiak, you know, he has a lot of those option plays. I'm going to be curious to see how teams go Pete in. Manning was definitely unable to yeah. run those plays. <laughs> he, he, hey, he ran like two times, I think. But uh, yeah, old man Peyton. But uh, I'd be curious to see how teams go up against that coming up because I don't think he's going to be able to run much. He's not that fast. That is 
very valid. But good thing CJ Anderson proved to be useful. Now moving on to my sad games. All three. Well, I've got two teams. You've got one. All three of them lost. Yeah, both of them. So not only not only did we lose in fantasy, but we lost yes. in real life. Too. It was a heartbreak. But that's the beauty of the NFL. That's the beauty of fantasy football. Um, Chargers. Holy cow! That was a disappointing, but the most Chargers game I've ever watched. Yeah. Dude, I remember looking at it at the at halftime, and I was like, "Oh, the Chargers got this game." Twenty four like, to twenty four to three. They were up twenty one yeah. points, and then just crash landed on their faces. It was terrible. It was, I mean, and I think I told you on Sunday afternoon that even when they were up twenty four to three, I still didn't feel like it was in the bag. Yeah. And then slowly the score started creeping up, and you know, and I knew when Chiefs were only down ten, I said to myself. That's it. Chiefs win. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a comeback, though. That was, that was really yeah, a good definitely. game. It was a great game by then. the Chiefs. A great game by Alex Smith. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he played really well. And then any Alex Smith haters or doubters, I mean, that's got to, dude, he literally went out there. And, I mean, he's. Uh, he finished as, I think, top five fantasy QB for the week. Yeah. Which isn't normal for him. I mean, no. He's usually a very non non almost a non-throwing quarterback as weird as that sounds right. like he just a, he's not a great he's a great quarterback he's just not a great fantasy quarterback yeah and that's the thing that's the thing you have to look at with him is i mean even in that game he's not going out there he's not going to go sling the ball all over the place but he's very efficient you know he's gonna and he's there the when passes. they need him he's there when they need him yeah, which is and he important. makes smart plays hey, he rushed the winning touchdown he did so i mean you know there you go um i feel eh as a chargers fan you know, yeah, the offense is there. The off- horrible injury to Keenan Allen, though. Yeah, that's that was sad. a huge loss. Terrible. That really wasn't what turned it around. I mean, it could have been he was having a good game, but let's face it, the Chargers have a key injury every single year. They do. You know why? I'm not sure, but huge injury to Keenan Allen tore his ACL. He'll be back next year, but he's out for the season. Yeah. So we'll see how San Diego adjusts to that, but. You know, there is promise from the Sandy. You know, like they, they put up points on the mm-hmm. board. You know, it's not like they blanked no, the scoreboard. They put yeah. up some points. They put them up quick. You know, they're just not a finisher when it comes to sealing yeah. the deal. That's they, just they've really They've always had a hard time sealing the deal. So that's the only part that worries me. But it's, it's kind of interesting, too, because obviously the defense can't hold it down. But they're, you're like the Chargers offense is very efficient. I mean, you and have this, and this was a game with Philip Rivers just kind of having a a mediocre kind of day like he didn't really put up huge yardage or huge passes together like yeah and you know when you but when was, you have like a guy like Philip Rivers you ex, you expect really good things and he's gonna do good things so you gotta wonder if if you can't rely on your defense that heavily keep putting points on the board like don't slow down the game because yeah. you know they gotta not, seal it it's not gonna work and I mean it, it, it'll help if they can figure that out it'll help that their running backs are now producing as well because that was sure. the issue last year you know yeah. you had melvin gordon on the one yard line and he could not punch it in so at least he's doing that now we'll see i don't know how i feel i feel sick right now <laughs> <laughs> um dolphins game while they also lost i'm not totally disappointed no actually I mean, they went into seattle honestly and had themselves a game yeah what what I was going to say is as a Miami fan, you actually have to be happy about that because Seattle's a good team. And obviously you can see from that game is the Dolphins have a really good defense. Yeah. They were all over Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah. he even walked, he even walked away with an injury. Yeah. Not that I wishing no, injury on anyone, but all. I mean, you know, that shows how much pressure he was on. He was on a lot of pressure right. and the play he got injured on, he just kind of 
was trying to dive out of a sack and ended up falling, got stepped on his ankle, you know, but he was pressured a lot. A ton. All day. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's got to make you happy. The, the offense, I mean, could have performed a little bit better, but against that defense is, I mean, yeah, they, they needed a couple more points on the board, obviously, but you know, Tannehill played pretty well. Yeah. They, know, they he look, rushed a little bit. You saw those legs. They look, oh yeah. They former, look former wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I, and I just learned that on Sunday too. I did not know he used to be a wide receiver. And the biggest positive, Arian Foster's still healthy. He is still healthy. I remember seeing, I was like glancing at the TV and I saw a Dolphins player on the ground. I was like, no, Arian Foster. And then I was like, oh, it's the defense. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's totally fine. healthy. He made it. Who knew? Um, that's about it for our games, but there was definitely more football to talk about. Oh, tons. You know, Sunday more. night we had the Patriots in Arizona. And Patriots surprised. I mean, they do and they don't surprise me because right. it's expected that they're going to do what they can. And yeah. it, it just proves that their system works so I, well. I don't know if you saw this, but I guess in the post-game interview, Bruce Arians was calling out players by name. He was like, I did not see that. Yeah, he players was actually, on his own team. Yeah, on his own team, like saying how they didn't perform well. Ugh, like I don't know. That's like I I could see it in the locker room, like saying, "Hey, you didn't do this right, or you didn't do this right." But calling it out in the media, that should stay in house. That's interesting because I I kind of like Bruce Arians. So it's kind of weird yeah, for, like him for him to have done that. But going back to the game, I mean, I expected Arizona, who looked like they could have gone to the Super Bowl last year. Of course, I mean, they still looked good. No, they, they I mean, definitely look. David good. Johnson, he was worth the high round pick, wasn't oh, he? Absolutely. Holy yeah. cow! He he did great for my team. But I mean, and don't get me wrong, this is the Patriots we're talking about, so it's not a scrub team. But they were missing some of their best players, and uh, and for the Cardinals to go out there and lose the way they lost. I mean, no Brady, no Gronk. Yeah, and they still went out there and controlled the entire game. Yeah, it, it's it was. I mean, Arizona kind of had a chance. But, I mean, the Cardinals just have something they need to go and figure out. And, and this is an interesting thing, too, is because, you know, they re- their type of offense relies a lot on the deep ball, which wasn't working for them. And obviously the run game was working for them. So what they should have done was kept running the ball and stuck to shorter passes. Like, I know you have Carson Palmer who, and you have John Brown and uh, Michael Floyd, and they can – and Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald. And they, can, catching they, his and they can all run deep and outrun most players. And birthday, Former birthday boy, right? Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. From <laughs> Old man now. but Oh, and he went out there and he played well too. Yeah, two touchdowns. I mean, he ageless. He's ageless obviously, if, if that's working for you, you know, are the, short pla- the short passes and slants to Larry Fitzgerald, like keep doing that. Don't try to force something that's not there. And I think that's something, and you could kind of see that with the Cardinals last year too, is that was one of their weaknesses. They would come out with a game plan and they wouldn't, it wouldn't work and they wouldn't change it. That happened with us in the playoffs. That's why they did so bad against us because they thought they were going to beat us one way and it didn't work, but they kept to it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. But another thing I did want to point out is, is don't take anything away from the Patriots. I mean, that shows the great coaching from Bill Belichick like he can go out there without his best players and still put together an amazing game. As long game, as he's got his hoodie, plan. man. Yep, that's all, all he needs. That yeah. Now, how about that Raiders Saints game? That game was ridiculous. That was amazing. How about that two point conversion at the end? I'm so torn about that. I mean, they got it and they won. They they win the game because of it. But 
it, it doesn't make it the right call. No. Like, I know Jack Del Rio is walking around with the hugest set right now. And, like, he's the bad man on campus. But, I, I mean, it's it still wasn't the smart call. Yeah. It was gutsy, ballsy. But. Yeah. I was uh, thinking the same. I Like, I look at it in two ways. Because, of course, you hear everybody. They're like, wow, what a great call. Like, that was the best call. Like, and then, but if they if they miss it. It's the worst been, call. Yeah, it would. They would. Why would they do that? That's There's so no dumb. They could have went yeah. to overtime. But I, it is smart in a way because the the only reason I say it is smart is because both of these offenses, like, they weren't going to be stopped. Like, you know, the Saints. Like, if they would have tied the game, the Saints probably would have drove down and scored a touchdown in overtime. So he's like, either we're going to lose now or we're going to end the game now. One or the other. So I can I see it I that mean, I guess way. If there's, a, if there's a time to do that, week one is. Yeah. You know, it's like you you live and die by the call, you know, and and he lived to see another week. So Those are two very good uh, offenses for the week, too. I mean, Mark they Cooper are. looked great. Latavius Murray looked great. Holy cow, Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks. That 98-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> I've played against Brandon Cooks in all three of my leagues. Yeah. yeah. And, another, I, and I blame him for all my loss. Another sad thing about uh, fantasy is is on our fantasy team, um, both Willie Sneed and Amir Abdullah were on our bench. And I was gonna text I was gonna text Robert and say, Hey, should I bench Alan Hearns or Golden Tate for Willie Sneed? And I was like, nah, we'll win. It'll be fine. And I should have done it. Sneed, yeah. Sneed actually had a Definitely really great Sneed. game. I did put him into one of my lineups in one of my leagues. And I obviously still didn't win, but kept it a lot closer but, than it would have yeah, been otherwise. It's a good call either way. Um, Houston. Houston looked functional. Yeah, um, they did. D-Hop got his touchdown. I mean, it's – how about Will Fuller, though? Will Fuller. Yeah, he looked really good. That's somebody definitely keep an eye on. Um, also, Lamar Miller. Yeah. I'm very excited about well, excited and sad about Lamar Miller because I didn't get him in any of my leagues. But yeah. he looked great. I mean, he got he ended with the most rushing attempts on by any running back this week. I think 26 was how many he finished with. Um, he wasn't the only guy to go over 100 yards, but he was one of two rushing right over 100 yards. It just showed what Miami should have done with him exactly. The last two years. Yeah, and I don't understand why they didn't. And I but, think there was a stat last year that. I don't remember Hashtag the, run Miller run. Right. I don't remember the exact stats, so don't quote me on it. But I think it was something like when Lamar Miller had over twelve or fifteen touches or something like that, he had a hundred yards. Yeah. So and Miami just never gave him the ball. You know, he for didn't have the big why. game because he didn't get into the end zone, but he still had a great game. Right. You know, so it's definitely paying off already for them. Uh Brock Osweiler, not terrible. No. Uh, like I said, Will Phil Will Fuller, uh Gianni Hopkins, they both got their yeah. their love out of it. Um I'm trying to come up with fancy names for Brock and DeAndre Hopkins. I like B-Hop so far. B-Hop's good. Or the Brock and Hop connection. I like the Brock and Hop connection. Yeah. That's pretty good. Kind of throwback to WWF days of the Rock and Sock connection. And I'm trying to make hashtag Bossweiler a thing. So if he keeps it, it, playing well. It, it well. might happen. I don't have a fancy name for Brock and Fuller yet, so I'll work on that one. But Fuller's someone who's exciting because if he's going to be an actual threat, it'll take, you know, now they've got to cover two functional guys out there. Yeah. Leaving more room for DeAndre to do his DeAndre things. For sure. Yeah. They, um, they're not going to be able to really d- double cover him like they want to, you know. So to continue my hashtag of to toot my own horn, um, I don't remember if – were you high high on uh, Devontae Freeman? I was not high at all. I, no. But on Devontae Freeman, I I – I wasn't actually last. I I think I swiped left. Left the bad swipe. I swiped left. I think you swiped right. (laughs) 
Did I swipe right? I feel like you did. Oh, I think I did for this game. For that game. Yeah, for this game. Yeah, yeah. you're right. But I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Go to the tape. No. <laughs> so Freeman did not have a good game. No, he had a terrible he had a game. Terrible game. Which is why I did not want to draft him in any of my leagues, and I still did. <laughs> Eleven for twenty yards. Ugh. For four points. Sad. With twenty receiving yards. But so what the reason I didn't pick him up and the, what worried me and what still worries me right. is Tevin Coleman. Then that's what I was going to say. It's you know it has nothing to do with Devontae's ability. It's yeah. just the fact that now there's a healthy Tevin Coleman right. there who, you know, got less. I mean, they pretty much had a split committee. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Freeman got 11 rushes. Coleman got eight rushes. Coleman finished with 22 yards rushing, but he did get five catches for 95 yards. So yeah, you know where. Devontae Freeman got a lot of passes last year. He only had four targets this week. Yeah, so you got to think, I don't think he's going to get many targets at all. And that he got a ton of production from his passes last year. So it's kind of scary if, if you wasted a high draft pick yeah, on him. Yeah, if, if, I'd, I'd be nervous as Devontae Freeman um, owner. How about if you're a Todd Gurley owner? See, the, and uh, this was a... Horrible game to watch. Oh, like man, oh, it was just god awful. I kept turning it off and going back to it, thinking it'd get better. No, but it, it I mean, if you're did. a 49er fan, yeah, it was a great game. But that's about the only people that enjoyed this game because it was every time the Rams touched the football, it was just god awful football. Yeah, but I mean, at, at, if you're a Todd Gurley owner, I wouldn't panic yet. I mean, dude's still an amazing runner. Yeah, he. But, is, I mean, he essentially had his great year last year with this exact same, you know, B team. Yeah, that he's with. It, it, you know. He, he needs the lanes. There was no room for him to run no. anywhere. And once they started falling behind, it was pointless. I mean, every time he touched the ball, there's nothing to fear in that exactly. offense but Todd Gurley. Right. So they just stacked the box all night. Yeah. They dared Case Keenum to beat them, and he, he can't – he couldn't beat his way out of a paper bag if he needed to. <laughs> I mean, there was just – there was nothing for Todd Gurley. And, no. he, and he had his frustrations in the game, and you could see it. I mean – there was just nothing for him. Yeah, it was every play. There was seven, eight. I think even one time there was like nine guys in the box, and they still ran it. You know, they they would still run it. Yeah, it's it was like just handed off point, to him, like, "Hey, go figure it out." Yeah, at that point, maybe you should audible into a pass play and throw it over. You know, but they know that Case Keenum isn't going to do that. He's not, yeah, he's not going to so, do that. You got to wonder is, like, and if he does, what are the chances the receiver even catches it? Right. I mean, there exactly. was a crucial play on Tavon Austin, and he just. The ball just went straight through his hands. And yeah, and they just paid that guy a massive yeah, contract. That's paying off big time. Yeah. Very well you done. you got to wonder what these Rams are thinking, you know? I'd be nervous if I was the city of L.A. Yeah. Might, I'd check the receipt on the return on <laughs> St. Louis. Yeah. Might want to leave football behind and just Speaking stick, of big stick contracts, to the Lakers. You think Washington's using Josh Norman properly? No. I, I, I was uh, thinking about that, too. Well, it's funny because when he played with us, like he did stick to one side of the field a lot. But there were times when we would move him around. We would just never move him into the slot. But I know that Washington, they do have a defense where they stick strictly one side, one cornerback, the other side, another. It was, it was very obvious what Pittsburgh was doing. Yeah. As if Josh Norman was on one side. Yeah. Hey, but, Antonio Brown, go to the other side. Right. And go burn the hell out of him. And then he did. I mean, he only... The two times he was thrown at with Josh Norman, yeah, he didn't catch the ball. He didn't catch it. But then he's... He just, but <laughs> honestly, honestly, like I saw Antonio Brown line up next to Josh Norman like several times they showed on the replay. He did burn Norman a few times. So I wonder even if he did follow him around, if what would have happened? I mean, we would never know now. We'll never know. But 
if you're paying this guy this massive contract, I think it was something like, who knows, 30-something million guaranteed or something, something crazy. But you, you're going to have to try something else out because to have him covering their number two or number three receiver That's is pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. You're going to lose the game every time. Like It was a, frust- it was a frustrating game to watch. Cause it really was. Washington couldn't get anything going. We needed a big game from Kirk Cousins. Who didn't he did have not one. deliver. But that whole that whole offense kind of struggled in general. It really does. They have literally zero run game. I mean, Matt Jones, he did look a little bit better towards the second half, but we all know he has a fumbling problem. They're not going to rely on him heavy. They're going to pass a lot. But if you're a Jordan Reed owner, you have to be pretty happy. He got targets he got on targets, man. Tons of targets, yeah. So there's promise there, but – Pittsburgh definitely delivered. Yeah, they did. I did not expect them to put up five touchdowns. Like I said, I was up on most of my fantasy leagues, and in one of them I faced Big Ben and D'Angelo Williams, assuming one or the other would have a big game. They both had a big game. Yeah. And they killed me. I'm dead right now. That offense is going to be ridiculous all season. Now, this is something that I wanted to ask you about is with – I mean, we already knew from last year, like, D'Angelo Williams is good. He's he's an amazing runner even at his age, 33, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think when Le'Veon comes back, do you think they're going to split any carries? No. Not like 50-50, but do you think he'll take away at all to try to save Le'Veon Bell? Because he has that injury history. <laughs> well, you got to bring up his injury history. I was about <laughs> to answer. Um, I still don't think so because he's still young. Like, yeah. yes, he's he's had two bad season-ending injuries. But, I mean, you know, He's missing games right now, not because of an injury. You know, he's no, ready to go right yeah, now. Without you know, a doubt. He just has a suspension. For sure. So, I mean, hands down healthy, he's got to be the best back in the NFL right oh, now. Without a doubt. So, and while D'Angelo is good, I don't, I don't see him taking really much away. Like, I still, you know, if, if Le'Veon Bell had not been suspended for the first four and then three games, I would have drafted him in the first round if yeah, possible. You know, definitely. Like, no questions asked. Number one, number two pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't see D'Angelo spilling into his touches regardless of how well he's playing because we saw it last year. We essentially saw it last year. And yeah, there was another injury again. Right. Maybe it's to protect him, but maybe occasionally a couple of touches here and there. I think if if Pittsburgh's up as big as they were last week against another team, that's when I could see them leaning a little more on D'Angelo and saying, "Hey, you take a little more of the rain now that the game's out of hand." But other than that, I don't, I don't see that being an issue. Yeah, I actually feel the same. I was just wondering your take on it because, you know, it's without a doubt Le'Veon's the arguably the most talented back in the league. Um, I do think, like you said, if they're up big, you know, they're probably going to take him out, Le'Veon, completely because because let's say they're going to be a playoff team. And it shows that they need – well, D'Angelo's functional. They do need Le'Veon Bell for the playoffs. That's what I mean. That It's one thing to say – Because that's when D'Angelo will slow down. That's yeah. when his age will catch up. It's one thing to say Le'Veon will be healthy for next year, but you got to worry about the playoffs. Yeah. He has to be healthy for the entire you got to see the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, someone who probably won't be in the playoffs. Well, maybe. RG3. Well, they definitely won't be in the playoffs. Uh, you never know. I mean, Josh McCown, he's going to come back in and lights out. <laughs> yeah, RG3 got hurt. Again. Again. He, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. Someone whispered into his ear and he fractured his shoulder or something <laughs> like that. Um, Did you see how he fractured his shoulder, by the way? Yeah, he he put his shoulder down into a defender. And the play was already over. He, there was no reason for it. 
What he, is, he didn't slide like you told me he knew how to. No, <laughs> I, that's all preseason stuff, man. So, yeah, just, RG, it's his non-throwing shoulder, but apparently the injury is really serious. He's out. They'll reevaluate in three to four weeks, but they say he's out at least eight weeks. Yeah. Josh McCown's back in, which honestly, as I'm not really worried about the rest of the team, although we do have Josh Gordon in one league holding onto him, maybe kind of concerns me. But Josh McCown loved Gary Barnage last year. I have Barnage. So I'm excited that Josh McCown's in. That's a relief for me because I have Barnage in one league also. And, you know, he had zero points. It was a bad week for tight ends, though. So while while we did get a goose egg, from Gary Barnage in fantasy, I wouldn't be too concerned because tight ends really didn't do much this week. No, they didn't. You got you know just a couple of them really scored into the double digits. So, but at least we know from looking at the past, we know that Josh McCown's favorite receiver is. And Barnage, I think that has so. more to do with the fact that he doesn't have a a down the field arm. Yeah. Well, RG three sort of does. Kind of does. He likes to think he really, really does. Um, Josh McCown definitely likes the shorter plays for and sure. That's where Barnage is going to live and. Maybe they'll get into the red zone this time. Hopefully. <laughs> but that's the other thing with uh, just going back to Josh Gordon. It does kind of bring his value down a little bit because they're, the deep ball is not going to be there. I mean, who knows what it's going to look like when Josh Gordon comes back anyway. But you just know that he's not going to be as – he's not going to have the upside you would hope you would have hoped he would have if RG3 would be in the game. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. It's not going to be as – Fun to watch the Browns as I hoped it would be. It's just going to be Browns, normal. It's going to be last year's Browns, yeah. essentially. So pretty much every year, Browns. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I Browns. Mean, you got to feel bad for Cleveland just a little bit. Hey, they won an NBA title. That's they, true. They still got LeBron. They have something to be. Happy and they got about. Steven Miocic. Yeah, very true. <laughs> They've got two champions. They just got to wait on the NFL title. Uh, Indians were playing are playing good though. So yeah, yeah. You know, you, that's something you to can't be positive have it all, about. Cleveland. You can't. You know, I mean, beggars can't be choosers here. You gotta you gotta go with what you got. Um, but one thing you probably won't see in a Cleveland game is excessive celebration. No, probably not. Because they won't be celebrating much. But so our final thoughts here for the week is how ridiculous are these excessive celebration penalties you see flying around? It's stupid. It's like so insane. I mean, they're throwing flags out everywhere for these celebrations. All over you know? the place. It, Antonio Brown got one last night for yeah. for five hip thrusts. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I just don't get it. I don't I don't get where who like? How do you determine what's excessive, what's not? Yeah. Because I saw, you know, you can see the referee staring at him, and I don't know if he's counting his hip thrusts and saying <laughs> like, "You better stop at four, or yeah. else I'm flagging That's you." That's one too many hip thrusts there. It's <laughs> it's a little excessive. It's a little excessive. But you know, at the same time, you know, I'm watching the Sunday games, and there's linebackers getting a sack on the quarterback, gyrating their hips afterwards. Right. No flag. No flag. Or, you know, defense is getting the stop on fourth and down and jumping up and down, running right. around the sidelines. No flag. Yeah, but, but then the touchdown and he yeah, can't the celebrate. Panthers score a touchdown. They're jumping up and down. I don't even think they really did anything. And there's a flag thrown for taunting. Yeah, it's like, come on, you can't celebrate a touchdown. And I know that was a that was a big thing last year, especially with my team, is you know Cam dancing in the end zone and stuff. And like they, you know, a lot of people weren't happy about it. One of the new rules is you can't synchronize. Yeah, dance either you can't. Like if two, it's just so ridiculous. Like what's what's important here? What's the important issue? And th- this is kind of looking at what we were talking about. We didn't really mention it, but in the Panther game, like with the whole helmet to helmet thing, you know, there were four, at least four helmet to helmet hits against Cam. And only one was called. Only one was called. It was offset. And it was actually taken back. Yeah, it was offset penalty. Which I mean, I I get the offset penalty. It's you know, it's whatever. That's how the rules work. But 
you know, they're, they're not really focused on the player's safety, but they're focused on these guys celebrating yeah. and, and having by a the good way, time. Two flags for excessive celebration on the play, or not excessive celebration, but what they call unsportsmanlike. Two of those calls, and they're ejected from the game. No questions asked. Yeah. So, I mean, Todd Gurley got warned last night, mm-hmm. which he did. He, he, in frustration, he threw the football at another player. So, yeah, right. little unsportsmanlike. It was out of frustration. He wasn't celebrating. But how crazy is it that it took three personal foul penalties last year on Odell Beckham for him to get ejected from that game with Josh Norman? Mind you, whether or not you agree with the calls. Took three of those penalties to get ejected. Personal fouls, by the way, were... Physical harm could be done, but only two, cele- you know, taunts or unsportsmanlike conducts where the the biggest pain will be the other player's feelings. Right. Which, come on, it's football. Are you really yeah. worried about their feelings? And, and they're point? adults. Like, you know, learn to keep your yeah, feelings these are grown, in check. These are Some, grown men. Somebody's, cele- somebody's celebrating and you're going to get so upset that you're you're going to hurt them. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm getting Like, be real. Upset. But, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of like, NFL, where are your priorities at? Because if you would have just taken at least one of those helmet to helmet hits and whether they were purposefully done or not, you know, I, I can't attest to that. It, to me, it didn't really look like it was pers- no, purpose no way. Yeah. on purpose, except maybe they the, just happen the happen. last one look could be a little iffy, Don't be biased. but I, I might be a little, but I might be a little biased, but uh, if you would have just taken one of those and made an example out of the player and say, Hey, you know, this isn't, we're not going to tolerate yeah, this. You can't do that they they would have corrected their tackling. Cause the problem is they're just tackling high. Tackle like you're supposed to. Tackle low. I understand Cam's a big guy, but you tell know. him why you're mad, Chad. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just, just tackle the guy normal. But it, it, it could be any player. You can't, t- you can't hit another player in the head, especially when you're so focused on supposedly the whole concussion issue. You know, the protecting player. the quarterback, especially protect. Can you imagine if now I'm not bringing any wrong topic here? But could you imagine if those hits were on Tom Brady? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There you would know. have been flags and everywhere, just all over uproar the from the world. But, yeah, but yeah, I I can't wait to see someone ejected for excessive celebrating. Uh, yeah, I can't. I either. just can't wait. Well, and the other, th- I mean, one final thing is, you know, let's say Antonio Brown, he got the unsportsman like last night, right? As the <clears throat> as the other team, would you not want to goat him into to celebrating so he can get kicked, or out? not just celebrating, but something unsportsman like? Yeah. So and he'll get kicked, kicked out, out of the game. That's huge because he's their best player. That something like that that can change the entire, you know, the you know, way you, they you get. start. You start picking at him. You start pushing him, yeah. waiting for him to push back, and then bam, he's out of the game because yeah, I don't think because he twerked and because he pushed. I don't think penalties should be able to be used as a way to affect the outcome of the game. You know, to to and I think a that's a penalty that's up to the referee's discretion too. Oh, like I said, is. like. How many thrusts was right. too much? Yeah, what what is excessive? It could be different in any eyes of any referee crew. You know, it's it's crazy. That's crazy. Week one was crazy in general. It really was, and I'm excited for week two. I am. Football's back. Football's back. We got to check our waiver wire, see what's going on. Guess what, folks? We're gonna have two episodes this week. We are. Get ready. We're doing it. So much to talk about, we can't fit it in one episode. So. Yeah, because all we talked about was what just happened. We're going to talk about what will happen this weekend. Um, and that's it. Chad, thank you for having me today. Thank you. It's thank been you a good folks show. for having us in your ears and in your brain and in your mind. And that will be the end of the show. I think but I'm by the go, way, I think I'm going to go listen to some uh, Nelly on Spotify. If you guys didn't know, listen to Nelly on Spotify. He's going He needs bad. our help. He's Hashtag save Nelly. He's in debt because a millionaire needs our help. Uh, by the way, <laughs> 
Did you know Tupac died 20 years ago today? Oh, rest in peace, Tupac. What's your favorite Tupac song? Oh, mine's gotta be like uh, Cal- California. What is, huh? what is it? I don't know the actual name of the song. <laughs> California. You, California Love? <laughs> California Love. Oh, man. My mind just went like too much pressure on the spot. West I, Coast, the best. Coast. I actually listen to it every time on the way to California. Anyway, bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>